trail running starts when the concrete ends and when I when I started running in Australia I, I, I didn't know the term trail running. This is Jules and welcome to Chapters of My Life podcast. So what is Chapters of My Life podcast? First of all I want you to imagine your past life. Right, where should I start? I'm Daniel Ludwig, trainer and leadership coach by profession, and I'm always fascinated to look back in life and turn your life stories in form of a book for other generations to learn from, but also for yourself as self-reflection and to gain new life energy. It's a challenge itself, and frankly, not everyone has thought of this. As we always think, when we get older, we should write our own life book. But in fact, we have so many experiences ready to share with others, achievements, failures to learn from, positive and negative life transitions, which in the end lead to the person we are today. This Chapters of My Life podcast is an inspiring collection of life transitions packed into a podcast audio book format, capturing the willpower and belief of people during important life-changing decisions. What a pleasure to have Julia Top, also known as Jules, on the podcast. Schultz is not just a trail runner, she is also an Adidas Terex coach and founder of eatrunhike.de, a fantastic blog all around trail running, nutrition and fitness. Schultz has the energy and passion for bringing together a trail running community and fostering a healthy lifestyle, both through food and fitness. A great example is last weekend trail run with Schultz together with over 80 runners of the Adidas Runners Munich running community as well as amazing Adidas Terex athletes like Laura Dahlmeier and Janusz Kowalczyk in the Kimgo Alps. In her life book, which she calls Outdoor Innerly, she chooses four life chapters, from traveling and living in Australia in her first chapter, Eye Opener, over to chapter two, Try and Arrow. She's always encouraged to try out few more things to overcome fear. Most recalls in our conversation were her infinite passion for enjoying nature and choosing the quietness over the noise in a work-life balance. Chapter 3 was all about Australia and it's by far the longest chapter which she calls Finding Love. As Jules said, finding a new place is like finding a second, third or fourth home. The drive to find another second home is something we explored in her fourth life chapter. As we found out during the interview, this episode is truly all about life lessons and how to overcome them through try and error, but also how to slow down while being connected with nature during trail runs. With all this said, let's begin episode 28 with Jules. Enjoy. So, thank you so much, uh, Jules, for having the time. <laughs> Hi. Um, we, you're actually here right now in your beautiful uh, apartment in the center of Munich, in the real center of Munich. Yep. <laughs> Schwabing. Uh, yeah, it's actually Schwabing is one of the most precious uh, environments actually in Munich. A great kind of in, in insider kind of place as well for. It's a such a hipster place. I mean, or I, insider I'm place. Many, many can see that actually. Yeah, oh. many. Uh, for me, it's always been Schwabing. It, yeah. In Munich, it's always kind of the hipster, kind of the alternative kind of place okay. for families, but also for, um, yeah, for like people who want to also find kind of a silent place. 
in the center of Munich without many tourists. Okay. When I moved to Munich, I thought Schwabing is more like a place where moms, like rich moms, went shopping with their kids. <laughs> could be also. <laughs> <laughs> it was just good luck to find a place here because a good friend of mine just lived a few streets away from my place. Okay, so that was very convenient for yeah, you. Yeah, it was quite handy. Yeah. yeah. So my best friend was next door and uh, my first um, job was very close as well. That's nice. Yeah. Beautiful. So as I mentioned in the intro, yeah. um, I mean, this podcast is all about knowing a little bit more about your life, but also turning your life into kind of an audiobiography book. Mm -hmm. In other words, like finding out what kind of life chapters do you have and how could your life book look like <laughs> if i would go right now to a library here in a local store in yeah. schwabing and i would look ask for where can i find the autobiography from truths how could that book look like so that's something what we're gonna kind of identify now okay. and um before we go into that a little bit more in detail i mean i met you last year through the adidas munich runners as well yeah. and you really focused quite a lot also on your blog which we're gonna cover later yeah. briefly also uh, on trail running, mm -hmm. and I've just found your story quite interesting also, how you came to running, how you also put everything around running in terms of food, nutrition, in one, and you live your kind of life philosophy around that. So that's very interesting. That's the reason why I wanted to actually reach out to you and have that podcast, because I feel like you have a story to tell with yeah. many kind of <laughs> life chapters and turning points. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, but let me start with... Actually, a uh, first question, um, a very first question, which is not necessarily related to the book, but something which kind of is related to maybe your character. You said once on your online that you are afraid of heights. <laughs> For someone who is kind of, you know, uh, living on the mountain, yeah. I'm a bit worried. It's like, how does that fit together? Uh, were you always afraid of heights? No. Well, there was no incident when I was younger or... I don't know, nothing bad happened to me in, in terms of height. I don't know, I just don't feel comfy being really high up. But I, I can go to a skyscraper in Bangkok and enjoy the nice view, so I'm not scared of this. But when I'm in the mountains and there is just like, uh, I don't know, the path is like really narrow or there's just, you need just one, one, one wrong step and then you fell like 100 meters and you, and you die. Yes. <laughs> so this is something which is really uncomfy for me. And I don't know, it's just like, have you heard about this flying fox thing, for example? Not really. What this is um, like when you go climbing or we had this when we were children. They had like these thingies on playgrounds uh, where you were sitting on like sort of a, you can what was it actually? I don't know how it's called in English actually. It's just like a thing where you you grab it with your hands and then you give yourself a push from a tiny hill and then you you rush um, through the playground and it was a lot of fun as a kid and this is pretty much the same as a, as a flying fox you are just like ten or twenty meters up in um, yes. up in the height like on a rope yeah right? like on where a you rope. then kind yeah. of hang on it yeah, and then yeah. it goes from a yeah. little small top yeah down like on a, yeah. on a rope okay yeah. yeah and and this is something which it, it it's so safe it's like a thousand percent safe and i'm scared of doing this it's always like this one step into nothing which scares me a lot so i do um i do boulder mm -hmm. because I, I really like it and i'm not more than like three or four meters 
um, up in the heights, so that's okay. But then climbing, actually, I climbed a few weeks ago the first time um, on a rock um, in Chiemgau, and I was uh, like 10 meters, 10 meters up, and that was the first for me. <laughs> okay. So um, I was always afraid of heights, but I don't yeah. actually know why. And I just conquered it the first time like two weeks ago. That oh, was really? the first. Okay. Yeah. But so when I was when I'm in the mountains and hiking with friends and um, we were walking up to um, a nice peak to enjoy maybe the sunrise or the sunset, there were a few uh, situations where I said, okay, I can't go any further. Mm -hmm. It's too high. I have no idea how to get down. I can go up all the time, but I, I'm afraid to go down because then I see what actually lies underneath me mm -hmm. and it frightens me. So, um, I see what I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was reading that on the on the website. Yeah. I kind of resonated with that as well because I'm also afraid of heights, oh, okay. and many don't understand why. I mean, it's, it's actually good to have because then your chance of surviving in life <laughs> is a little bit higher. Especially when you go <laughs> to the mountains on your own, which I do quite a lot. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you become a bit more aware yeah, of the situation. True. And mm -hmm. um, but I realized this uh, when I was reading that as well. I mean, you mentioned um, as afraid of heights, and it's. Uh, because everyone has kind of different definition of, of being afraid of heights, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. People are already afraid while they are on the peak on the mountain, mm -hmm. but others, in my, in my case, I'm afraid when I, it's very steep right under me, not necessarily oh. in front of me, okay. so mm -hmm. right under me. So when yeah. I see it very steep in right under me, mm -hmm. when I literally look down 90 or 180 mm -hmm. degrees down, and um, and that was uh, something which I found interesting that everyone has kind of inter in different yeah, interpretation yeah, okay. as well. Yeah. And for you, it's more like, you know, also on the mountain when you see that, that steepness mm -hmm. itself. Yeah, yeah. You know these skyscrapers in Bangkok and they sort of have like a glass platform when you just walk on this glass surface and that you can would be the death penalty for really? me. Really? <laughs> because of something like this I'm not afraid. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you know that you're yeah. still on a safe side, yeah. but you even if you see the yeah. interesting, okay, yeah. no, that would be, um, I can't trick my brain. <laughs> okay. And my brain is <laughs> too stupid for that. And like, okay, it's, oh, yeah. it's, I can see the, the, the steepness, it doesn't work. That's interesting, yeah. It's interesting also how the brain works in that mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. So, yes, so that's what I wanted to start with you actually, talking about the heights and actually what I'm very curious now is, um, is because I know you through the running, for the nutrition, mm -hmm. for your blog and everything. I was always wondering, and also as a preparation for the podcast, when Jules wants to create her own autobiography, where would I find that in a library? If I go to a library now and I would ask for your mm -hmm. book, in what section would I find your life, uh, your book, life book? Would I find it under the sports section? Would I find it under the nutrition section? Would I find it under a cooking section? Where would I find, in what section in the library would I find your book? Maybe on the travel section. Okay. Yeah. So running is a big is a big part of my life because I started running and like doing s sports at a very young age and I never stopped doing it. Sometimes a bit less, sometimes a bit more. But I think traveling is actually something which is really important to me. Mm -hmm. What is what in particular? What does it mean for you mm, to be able to travel? Yeah, when I when I was sixteen, I traveled to Australia the very first time, and that was so like the first trip down under, like far away to the other side of the world. So that was something um, new. So it was 
it's not just like somewhere in Europe. It was just the other side of the world, even though Australia is a Western country. So mm -hmm. actually <laughs> not so different. But that's when I started loving traveling. So mm. and um, I was traveling my whole life. And even when I go running to Austria, it's a travel like it, or it's a trip or um, I don't know when I when I when I cook it's um, it's a trip to or with different ingredients mm -hmm. so I think this is this angle of traveling something you can find in, in every part of my life even so if it's running or cooking or I don't yes. know anything else so what do you say when you com combine that also with running or cooking um, do you would, would you say that traveling for you is also a way to escape that present moment or being just in a different mind, different location? Mm, I think escape sounds a little bit negative. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's not an escape. Um, it's more like a an, an, um, very positive um, addition um, to my life. Um, of course, everybody likes traveling and you know spending holidays somewhere at a nice place where it's, I don't know, like different to your home place and, and meet um, other people or enjoy different cultures and eat, I don't know, weird food you've never eaten before. Yes. So that's pretty typical things. But for me, traveling was always like, I need, I need to find more like second homes or third homes or fourth homes. And when I went to Australia, um, 27 years ago, the first time I found a second home. So that was sort of a love at first sight. And I, I entered the country and it was such a nice and warm welcome with the Australians I met there and I don't know it was it just felt like I found a second home <laughs> yeah yeah it's good that you mentioned that a second home that doesn't mean that you reject the first home more mm -hmm. or less you're not just adding yeah as you said adding yeah. a, a component positive adding yeah adding yeah, yeah. so it's not an escape it's mm -hmm. more like visiting your second home. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And yeah. um, same with Bali. I've been to Bali a couple of times and it's like another place I love to travel to. Yes, yes, yes. Because I really appreciate the people. Yes. In, yes. in Bali and the whole, yeah, the whole country. Nice. So when I, now in that, uh, in that book section, by the way, mm. do you have a favorite book store here in, in Schwabing? Or in Munich in general? Or you say this is my place for books? Um... No, actually not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't <Yes>. have to. <laughs> I was no. just curious. No, actually not. There, there is a little bookstore. It's on Herzogstraße, but I can't remember the name actually. But I bought a, a couple of books there, and I, I don't know the name of it. Okay. It's a really small place. Okay. And um, it's quite cute though. Yeah. I can't remember the name. So that small bookstore. Um, they probably have a travel section as mm -hmm. well, I assume. Mm -hmm. When you're now in that travel section front mm -hmm. in that shelf and in that small book sh store and you pick your book, mm -hmm. what would I see on the cover? Ooh. <laughs> That's really hard to tell. Um, I don't know. I think it, it, it would be definitely like a mountainish landscape. Okay. But I couldn't describe it right now perfectly. A mountain, mountainous, mountain yeah. range kind of yeah. cover. Something like this. Yeah. yeah. What does, what does mountains 
stand for you? What mm. would I stand for you? Well, going to the mountains is something I really enjoy because you just you just you are in nature. You can see you can see far in the far in the distance. You can you can listen to the wind you can listen to animals uh, i actually saw um, um a mammoth yesterday nice <laughs> <laughs> so cute and um it doesn't matter if i go to the mountains in australia or in new zealand or in um in bavaria of course the landscape looks very different yeah. but the feeling i have going to the mountains is always the same it's just like you're uh, i'm in nature and i'm sort of alone well, I like I love to go to the to the mountains with friends or with like Adidas runners, for example, or with another with the mountain girls community. But I love to go to the mountains alone, just for myself, mm. as well, because it's it just it gives me it gives me energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't I don't run to the peak to be at the peak as soon as possible. Yes, I want to enjoy the whole way, like doesn't matter if I run it or if I hike it or I go by bike. It's just like, I just want to be outside. Mm-hmm. And that gives me so much. It's like, it's peaceful. That's why I usually go um, on weekdays and not on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Because it's just yeah, it's not as crowded. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to find peaks which are not like typical touristy peaks, you know, where there's a... Yeah, like a lot of like a huge parking lot and all the tourists are going to. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's 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 sort of refreshing. Sometimes it's when it's hot outside or when it's really cold outside. Yeah. Um, it's it takes a lot of power to go up, but at the moment when you are on the peak, it's just everything is is going away and it's just it's just nothing. You're it's literally charging your batteries. Uh, yeah, like sort of. Instead of emptying it, when yeah. you're super exhausted mm-hmm. on top, you actually are fully recharged or yeah. more or less charged. Yeah, and yeah. that's one of the reasons I work as a freelancer because um, I had not enough time to go to the mountains when I was in a full pos- full time position. Yes. And there was uh, there was a very important change in my life um, to decide I want to go to the mountains more often because I need to recharge myself more often. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? <laughs> <laughs> no, it totally <laughs> makes sense. I mean, for probably the, 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 the athletes or the runners or the trail runners who are listening, they can totally relate to that, I guess. Because yeah. it's, you know, being out in nature, You just the fact that you're in nature, we are sometimes feel be- being back home. Mm-hmm. You know, or even yeah. if you just have a stroll in the in the forest, mm-hmm. you are so relaxed because you calm down. Yeah, you're slowing down. Yeah, even if you ma- sometimes combine that with trail running, we think it's running yeah, fast, yeah. but again, indirectly we calming down in our mind, and we kind of become a bit more clear and charging our energy. Yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. and you you can have it. Like yesterday, I, w- I went to Kimgau mm-hmm. and and did a little trail run down there. And even though it was beautiful on the peak and I had the most amazing view with the clouds and it was just stunning, I really enjoyed running through the forest. I'll, I love collecting mushrooms as well. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going 
I'm going to pick a mushroom or like porcini at the weekend as well. I love cooking with mushrooms, so and I love to I like harvest uh, mushrooms as well. But being in the forest is something I really enjoy as well because you have this um, the sound. You know, if something is quiet, it's a different kind of quietness mm -hmm. in the forest because everything feels so compressed and the trees are sort of guarding you. Interesting, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like I feel very safe in this. Protected from yeah, all protected the, the trees and around. Safe yeah. and it's just like when then the sun comes through a little and you have these little sunspots on the trail and then you see the green and the brown and the it's just like really warm, welcoming colors as mm -hmm. well. And it's I can spend hours and hours in the forest and just, you know, walk around and check the ground for mushrooms. This is something very relaxing. So when you ever spend some hours in the forest, yeah. uh, you might not just go for a run. You're mm -hmm. also picking up mushrooms. You're also slowing down. You also yeah. might stroll. So yeah. a combination of a lot of activities <laughs> in these <laughs> few hours. Yeah, that's okay. true. That's nice. Yeah, that, that's when I, when I was trail running yesterday, um, I actually just wanted to run and then I stopped in the mountain uh, in the forest because there was actually a porcini just next to the trail mm -hmm. and I was like okay I stop my watch now and then I check out um, a little bit more of the forest and maybe try to find a few porcinis so I spent half an hour in the forest and then nice. I just started running again and um, this is nothing I would say oh I stopped running I couldn't just you know it took so much time I wanted to be at the peak very quick no, it's actually the total opposite of it. It's um, it's more relaxing if you decide for yourself, I stop in the middle of a run and then just enjoy the moment. Because in this moment, mm. I wanted to spend time in the forest. Yes. And this is something I had to learn. It's a conscious decision. Yeah. Also what we have to practice sometimes. You know, conscious yeah. decision. Now I stop. Yeah. And now I try to focus on the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not easy for me to enjoy the moment because I, you know, my boyfriend always says, like, we have dinner and I cook like a really nice meal and we are both enjoying it. And then I was like, okay, and next Saturday I'm cooking this dish. And then he's like, oh, you just cooked the other dish. Just enjoy the dish you're eating right now and don't think about the next dish next weekend, yeah. for example. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, you are right. I should enjoy this dish, this one I'm eating right now. And um, he repeated this like a couple of times and it's really hard for me to enjoy the moment, but I'm learning <laughs> and trying to take or make these decisions like in the moment for myself. And it's like, mm. okay, now I'm in the forest and I enjoy the forest. It's, it's a daily reminder where we have to recall mm -hmm. ourselves again because it takes yeah. practice to actually yeah. being aware that we're drifting away from our thoughts as well. Yeah. That being aware is actually the first step. Mm -hmm. And then to really consciously make the decision to learn how to focus yeah. on the moment yeah, and it's not easy definitely not yeah um you know when i have your book in your hand and i might see on the cover the mountains mm -hmm. and forests you know when we open a book on the first page yeah. we usually see a thank you note or thank you or dedication page who in your life would you say you thank you most a person could it you decide it's your book huh well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well. usually we always see, you know, people. It could be or something else, but it's your decide. What, what, what do you say you thank you most in your life? Mm. 
Well, a lot of people were really important um, in my life, like for different chapters or different decisions they, they helped me to make. So it's really hard to point just one person out. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really thankful that I grew up in a really um, lovely, loving family. So my parents and like I actually had the, um, <laughs> I was pretty happy to have two moms because my auntie um she never she never got kids so my mom and her sister they were like like my auntie was always my second mom and second is not something she comes second mm -hmm. it's just like my mom and her sister are really different so i learned from from both of them and tried to pick out things which I like from my actual mom and then from my aunt the best and then okay. just combine it for myself. Okay. So, and um, my, my dad, of course, as well. So I'm, I'm really happy that I grew up in, in this sort of, of family, mm -hmm. like really close and, and loving. And I know that not everyone has something like this. And um, this is something which is really important to me. And this yeah. is was actually one thing when I, when I moved to Australia. Uh, I lived there for three years and I went back to Germany because I, I missed my family, I missed my parents, and I don't want it to be so far away. Your first home, what you said, you know, mm -hmm. it's my still your yeah, first home. Yeah, my first home, home yeah, yeah. Is, is still home. So, um, and maybe like this, the second thing would be Australia itself, because I spent so much time in this country when I was 16, when I was 20, 29, 35, 40, 41. Mm -hmm. I spent so much time in this country when I was in so many different sections of my life, mm -hmm. you know, being a s just a, a student or, you know, starting to work just for a holiday and then, I don't know, moving or, you know, having in a relationship down there. So this country actually helped me through a lot of things in my life as well, making okay. decisions. Yeah. Let me go directly into that, actually, in that mm -hmm. chapter. When, when we know, in, you know, th talking about the first chapter in your book, mm -hmm. would you say that first chapter is starting? Because you talked a lot about Australia mm -hmm. at that time. Also, when you went there with 16, mm -hmm. would you say that first chapter starts with that yeah. life period? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that for you um, in that first chapter? You said with 16, you went there. Mm -hmm. And you're still a teenager. Yeah. How was that situation for you? Uh, it must be how... <laughs> On the other side of the world, yeah. um, tell us a little bit more. How was that situation there? Or what could I read in the first chapter in your book about that moment? Well, the trip was actually quite funny because I was traveling with a choir. I was singing in, the, in a cathedral choir from mm -hmm. Limburg. Limburg has a really beautiful cathedral. And I was a member of um, a choir. And um, the leader of the choir in Limburg studied together with um, the leader of a Sydney choir in Rome. So that was a weird connection. And then they invited us to go come to Australia and um, do a few concerts there and sing in Australia. So um, I went to Australia to sing <laughs> the first time. So I stayed at, um, at families um, whose kids were also singing in choirs or, you know, I don't know, working uh, or like where mus musicians so and that was so for me that so that was actually the story behind the first trip See. and 
what and the second thing was that my uncle he moved to Australia 50 years ago so and I never met my uncle yeah. <laughs> so and I just and I said oh, okay when I'm when I'm going to Australia with 16 I maybe can try to find my my uncle because my dad and his brother they had not the best relationship as close as my mom is to her sister my dad is not that close to his brother that happens it's nothing bad it just it just happens if you close you you don't and i was like oh maybe i can find my uncle spoiler i didn't (laughs) (laughs) and uh, because he already had died at this at this time but i met um, his wife Mm -hmm. and um, that was actually quite nice meeting her Okay. Because she, she was aware that there is some there's a family with a kid, and um, and I met her and um, Nancy was um, um, yeah just fine. It's weird finding another family member <laughs> where you actually don't know that she actually exists. Yeah, it's like searching for and also don't know where to you know where yeah. and then yeah. like searching for someone where you have very little information from yeah yeah, yeah. In, in a country where you don't even know yeah. very well. So yeah, and then we traveled the country with this choir, like singing in, in different places and, and cities and um, yeah, that was, that was fun. So how long did you stay there when you went there for singing? Uh, three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. okay. Which is quite, it's quite a short amount of time yes. for a huge country like this. Yes, 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 yeah. uh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's yeah. almost no time actually to explore anything yeah. when you went there. Yeah, so yeah. How, how, what did you, you either what kind of what inspired you the most when you went back from Australia at that time did you feel like okay, you are hooked now to Australia yeah. you're hooked yeah. I want to go back again definitely like a couple of the a couple of the people who were in the choir as well and they were a little bit older like adults and stuff they decided to stay longer there but my parents were like well, we paid a three-week trip. We don't pay <laughs> anymore, so fair enough. <laughs> so um, a few people stayed for another two weeks, and mm-hmm. they could travel the country. And I was so jealous at this point of time. And I was like, okay, I have to go back again, and I want to see all these different spots as well. And, yeah, I just wanted to spend more time there. And then I tried to go to Australia every couple of years. Yeah, so um, you're, so walk me through this. So what happened after when you came back from Australia in the following mm-hmm. years? Yeah. Um, yeah. What happened in, in what else is in that first chapter? <laughs> well, <laughs> I life. still sang in this <laughs> choir for quite some time mm-hmm. till I moved to Frankfurt because then it was just too far away to go back and forward all the time. Um, yeah, as I mentioned before, I found I found mm-hmm. a second a second home. Something I don't know when you had bad times. It was. Maybe now the, the, the word escape is not too wrong because when something happened which wasn't good in my life or I don't know, a change a change came which I wasn't comfy with, mm. I always put myself back to Australia. It's a safe safety Yeah, home. it was like a safety safe. pl- safety place. Yeah. Safety net place. Yeah. 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 And um, and when I moved to Australia when did I move to Australia? 28. Think 20, 28. That wasn't an escape. It was like a decision that I wanted to spend more time in this country, actually. And I made this decision when I was 16. So it's like I always wanted to live there and I always wanted to spend more time there. But it took me 
like another like 14 years to actually make this move. Mm -hmm. But it was always, always in my head to do this. Like it was like the first spot on the bucket list, mm -hmm. always going back to Australia. That's it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So the years after you came back uh, mm -hmm. from age 16, um, you were not living in Munich at that time, right? No, I lived no. in Limburg. Limburg, yeah. Small, small town. So what happened in these few years after, I mean, you came back um, from teenage years mm -hmm. to adult? Were you always like, because you're right now a lot into running as well, train running, and mm. so were you at that time already quite interested in these topics? Or no. you had a completely different image yeah. of you? <laughs> <laughs> different, because um, Limburg is, uh, is in Hessen, Mm -hmm. uh, close to Frankfurt and there are pretty much no mountains like the highest peak um, is it's not really a mountain it's just like a tiny Wasserkuppe is the highest yes. peak in, in Hessen so it's, it's not yeah it's, it's sort of a hill it's not a big mountain so I wasn't into trail running or mountain hiking yes. at, at this time I was playing basketball actually oh okay yeah and um, that was a lot of fun I was never good in, in basketball so I, I wasn't starting five or like M MIP, uh, MIP. I just I just loved playing basketball. So okay. with the team and with the girls, it was just a lot of fun. So sport wise, I had to run to stay fit for basketball. Okay. But running wasn't like the first choice when it you came to a sport. In order to yeah. try something else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that ca that came later. Okay. But I think like the, the later teenage years. Nothing much happened. I think it's actually quite quite boring. You, you know, you finish school, you enjoy time with friends, um, you still live at home. You don't need to care a lot of things. You know, your mom is preparing food, and you know, just you live in a safe hotel environment. Mom. Yeah, 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 hotel mom. Yeah. And yeah, I, I worked a little bit to to earn my uh, own money. I worked in a coffee shop actually mm -hmm. every Saturday and just you know helped doing making like little flyers or business cards and started okay, so designing side little, little things yeah. yeah and um yeah but in this i don't know i think like from 16 to 20 it was quite a boring time <laughs> nothing major major happened actually i think okay so from from 20 onwards um because you just mentioned mm -hmm. about business cards creative design a little bit you yeah. into was at that time, early 20s, where you had already interest into going to the creative mm -hmm. industry sector a little bit? Yeah. Like my yeah. father owned um, an art shop mm -hmm. and did framing and had a little gallery and stuff. So I was always interested in, in arts and design. And when I worked in this tiny, tiny copy shop, yeah. um, I got really interested in, you know, digital design which yes. was pretty new at this at this stage yes, yes, yes. i can remember i had my first mac when i <laughs> when i was 17 i think 17 okay. or 18 which which is ages ago it's like 22 years ago like uh, nowadays everybody owns an apple or something yes, like yes, that at uh, yeah. that time it was more kind of unique at this time yeah. i was the super nerd <laughs> working with a macintosh everybody was like what is that com what is that kind of what is this it was like hey we haven't seen this that was when the apple logo still was in this stripy rainbow colors wow okay <laughs> that time okay that time yeah yeah and there were like no fancy iMac and stuff it was still like a gray box a mm -hmm. gr 
crate box with a stripy rainbow logo on it. <laughs> so nothing fancy at all. Okay. And um, actually, yeah, when at this time I decided it, it, it could be fun. It could be fun working in design. And, mm -hmm. and I, when my dad had um, an exhibition in his art gallery, I made a poster for him or I designed a little ad for the newspaper for him and then uh, um, I did my A-levels um, also in arts mm -hmm. so yeah and then I started an apprenticeship uh, in an advertising agency and I learned like three years to you know to design and work with a print company together and um, yeah that was just like learning all the basic skills for this sort of a business of design and art and combining creativity and a lot mm. of yeah beautiful things yeah you mentioned sort of you mentioned you were one of the very first with digital design at that time you <laughs> yeah. had your uh, you were a nerd kind of with a yeah. macbook at that mm -hmm. time yeah. did you had the i guess it was also connected to you know your interest in art and design mm -hmm. a little bit but did you yeah. had at that time also the feeling of trying to be a little bit different and in a sense of you want to stand out from the crowd, form of design and form of tools you're using and form of your personality. No, Not, it wasn't. Know. It wasn't a decision I, I I made. So I wanted to be different. Yes, it just came with a job that the guy in that coffee shop just was working on a on a Macintosh, okay. and he showed me how that thing works, and I was like, oh, that's actually quite cool. Okay, that's a lot cooler as this PC. Yes. used at school. <laughs> <laughs> so they was like, okay, I like this a lot more, and it looks cooler. Like the whole thing is better yes so. <laughs> okay so, yeah perfect so um when i just look back into the first chapter and uh, you said it started 16 mm -hmm. um till when how long would that first chapter last would it last till age 20 would it go further or would it be just literally the time where you were in australia or where would you say it's a kind of a new chapter where it kind of begins i think a new chapter started which is maybe quite logic like when i started the apprenticeship okay you know not being in school where you you know you can decide do i want to learn do i want to have a good grade or not whatever and then i i started this apprenticeship and i wanted to be i wanted to be the best you so had that attitude already you yeah. wanted to be not mediocre but you want to be like yeah in school it was just uh, like whatever yeah. i don't care about the grades because when i want to design or study design or something i don't need good grades yes so i don't want to be like um, a doctor and you know study medicine or something where you need to have like good grades mm -hmm. and um, a perfect a perfect one a level and something like that but when I started the apprenticeship, it changed because I really liked it. I liked designing. I, I really loved being creative and stuff. And I wanted to be very good because I said, okay, if I perform well, I will have a lot of opportunities because I'm one of the first doing this kind of stuff, this digital design. Mm -hmm. And um, gives you also the freedom yeah. to explore uh -huh. new opportunities yeah, when it comes yeah, to creativity. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was, uh, it was great it was like fun years like three years with a lot of fun and then i um did this internship at an advertising agency in frankfurt where i learned a lot of stuff as well and then i decided to to study design like digital design and um 
I, I can remember that <laughs> when I when I started uni, um, it was like one of the first first couple of days I realized that the teacher who is actually teaching like Photoshop and all these programs, I was actually already better than she was. Seriously? Okay. Yeah, because I had to do this stuff like for three years and uh -huh. I knew so many different ways to get to a certain result. Mm -hmm. And she sort of teached like someone who learned stuff from a book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And um, that was it was quite interesting to see because Photoshop is nothing magic. It's just like a tool. Mm -hmm. It's just a tool you need to design mm -hmm. and you can use it in different kind of ways. Yes. And so for me, that was quite eye opening because I was like, okay, the, the teacher isn't actually in this program. She isn't as good as I am, yes. <laughs> which yes, yes, is yes, a yes. little bit disturbing. Yes, yes. So yeah. I helped all the other students okay. and with Photoshop and I explained them how things go and work yes. and stuff. And there was, that was a lot of fun. And what I realized like 15 years later, that it was actually a lot of fun for me, like teaching. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity, let's say it's like five, five years ago with a uni in Rotenheim to help uh, students um, with a project. And it was like, um, um, how do you say that? It was um, like a partnership from the advertising agency I worked in Munich for and um, university in, um, in Rosenheim. And they teamed up um, for a certain, certain student contest something yes so and i was um i helped this group of students to uh, participate at the contest we didn't win <laughs> <laughs> but um it was a lot of fun and i remembered when i did did teach or did help my my fellow students when i was a lot younger how much fun it is actually doing uh, or teaching mm -hmm. so and like five years ago i was like okay maybe i can do this when I when I get older, when I maybe don't go to the mountains or anymore, or when I I don't know, maybe this is, could be an opportunity later when I'm getting older. Mm. Maybe you mentioned you mentioned the Photoshop, for example. I mm -hmm. mean, I remember back at that time when I started to learn Photoshop. I mean, the beauty of Photoshop is that you can achieve through multiple ways mm. the same effect. Mm -hmm. It's more kind of the art of how how to find the shortest way or the most eff effective way how to mm -hmm. use the tool or how to, mm -hmm. you know, key combination, etc. Yeah. What do you like the most when you say teaching, uh, when you transfer information to other students at that time? What do you like the most through the art of teaching? Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, I like helping. I okay. like helping people. Yeah. And um, teaching, teaching was fun because, um, yeah, I could help um others to achieve their goals mm -hmm. maybe um in a just yeah tiny tiny room maybe okay. so it just wasn't it wasn't something big for them or for me but it was important mm -hmm. and i just you know when there's a problem and you can help somebody solve a problem that's always a good thing and that's something I like about teaching, just helping and, you know, 
just sharing my abilities and my skills. Maybe it's that's why all that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You said that um, the first chapter would go towards the apprenticeship as well. Mm -hmm. So from the Australian trip towards apprenticeship mm -hmm. in your early 20s. How would you call that chapter? I mean, right now I see the book in front of me. I see the table of content. I see the chapter one. What would I read next to the chapter title? The what early years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How would you call that chapter when you summarize the chapter of these few years this from few years. starting? going to Australia till the mm -hmm. apprenticeship. How would that be? What would be the chapter title? How Australia helped the teenage, my, I don't know, how, how Australia helped surviving teenage years. Maybe, nee, it's, um, it's hard to find a title for this actually. Or, or a word or something. Where, you know, mm. it could also kind of be a teaser, you know, kind of summarize what it is. Maybe just um, eye opener. Eye opener, yeah. Maybe that's Could be, for example, because yeah. at this time I, yeah, um, encountered a few new things, and I think Australia was the most important one. And yeah, maybe eye opener, or how to find, us or how did I find my second home? Yeah, this title would be correct as well, I guess. Second home. How I find a second home? Yeah, yeah maybe. Nice. And I can see that the second home continued staying your second yeah. home, <laughs> your safety net home. Yeah. Um, that second chapter where you said mm -hmm. you were starting with the apprenticeship and also studying uh, in Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. um, how long would that be? The second chapter would it be <coughs> then the completing the study time for you? No, actually a bit longer. Okay. Um, because after after I finished um, my studies, I stayed in Frankfurt for a couple more years, mm -hmm. which was a great time. I still love Frankfurt. Um, because then I moved to Australia when I was 29. Okay. So it's actually the whole section um, when I started my apprenticeship, uh, finished my studies, worked in my first full-time position, and... Um, Built a life in Frankfurt because I after my um, after my apprenticeship I moved to Frankfurt. I spent seven years, I think seven years in Frankfurt. Um, yeah, that was like a time of, of learning and you know trying to find, uh, trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. What's important in my life? What do I really like the job I'm doing? Mm -hmm. um, and I worked in hospitality, I worked in clubs and bars and, you know, what you do when you're young, you know, trying mm -hmm. to make some money. And besides your studies, so I worked in a club in Frankfurt, which was um, a really cool time as well. And then um, my first job was in an advertising agency and I learned a lot. I, I had the... Um, I had the pleasure of having a creative director and a senior art director who um, could teach me a lot, not only skills in creativity or design, but maybe some life lessons as well. In your 20s, you know, life lessons. Yeah, early, early, yeah. early 20s, mid-20s maybe. And um, I learned a lot during this time, and I learned as well that it's the most important thing is that work is important, but not as important as um, you know 
having a good life you need to work and you need to earn money to you know yes. live <laughs> yes. yeah it's this is just something you need to do but um at this stage i learned well i heard the word life work life balance yes, the first yes, time yes. and i worked a lot like too much and as much as i loved my work um i can remember i had evenings where i got home and i sat on the couch and i didn't switch the telly on uh, or ate something i was just sitting on the couch and staring at the wall i was just i was so tired and i i was i was almost too tired to go to bed <laughs> wow, okay <laughs> it was just like yeah. it was like okay now something is going totally wrong i'm i'm not motivated in running because i loved running along along the river in frankfurt it's like a really beautiful to run along the river mine it's, it's really really nice and i didn't enjoy meeting friends anymore i didn't enjoy running anymore i didn't enjoy going to my parents place because the only thing i actually wanted to do at the weekend was sleeping <laughs> <laughs> and then i had to make a decision and that's when my work life changed into a life which is more balanced mm -hmm. or i try to make it more balanced and to balance this life of or, or how to find out how can i do this i decided to go back to australia as a, as a second home yeah because it, it's yeah. it helped me when i was 16 and um between 16 and 29 i went to australia another couple of times just for holidays and it was always fun but i said okay um i need to change something in my life i need to try out something new and mm. With 29, it was sort of the last opportunity to go to Australia because you have this work and um, travel visa and you can only apply for it until um, you are 30. Mm -hmm. And when you are 30, you are allowed to apply for a second year of the visa. Okay. So I was like, okay, now or never. <laughs> <laughs> and then I quit my job, quit my apartment, told my parents, okay, I'm going to Australia for a year. And they were like, what? <laughs> so after seven after seven years in Frankfurt, yeah. was that easy for you this step? Because yeah. that kind of mm -hmm. end goal of Australia was actually a higher priority for you. Um, was it seven years is quite a long time. Yeah, so seven years is quite a lot of, quite a long time. Mm. But it was not just it was not like I leave a place where I never can go back to. Okay, it's not like a goodbye and no, it see you later. No, it was it was yeah. it was definitely clear that it was not a goodbye forever because I okay. knew my parents will be still there, my friends will be st still there maybe a few things will change yes. but it was more like being excited to go and just try something new mm -hmm. instead of you know just working your ass off and yes have no life anymore exactly <laughs> because I mean, it was not fun it was, it was yes not, no you said about the work-life balance it's similar to like so many people know what this was say um you work to live and that's actually a wrong statement mm -hmm. you know i yeah. mean many in their 20s they yeah. they tend to prove their worth to the employer you yeah. know they're working tremendously of hours yeah. and keep forgetting herself mm -hmm. because they have to somehow start somewhere but also have to prove you know they can do something but that yeah. uh, especially in that years it's uh, they keep forgetting about themselves yeah. what is actually important in life is to live and yeah, not to yeah, work yeah. to live yeah. and that you know workaholics etc when you when you you're trapped in this kind of environment then mm. it's very very difficult to actually be aware of that yeah. you were aware of that you know mm. people just like a hamster wheel you 
continuing that. Being in the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was just as this one moment uh, when I sat on this couch and I was just like, okay, I just can't spend my evenings being so exhausted that I can't do anything just staring at the wall. <laughs> it was sort of frustrating. And I was like, yes. okay, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, having, um, I don't know, you know, I don't want to see a doctor and, you know, yes. just... You're isolating yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just like, I need to change something. Okay. And there was another eye-opener. And then you <laughs> went to that second home. Then yeah. I went to Australia. And yeah. I went to Australia Well, I wrote a few um, applications. Mm -hmm. So, and I had um, a, f a few Sky Skype interviews, actually. Mm -hmm. So, at this at this time a Skype interview ooh, that was it was really fancy like nowadays everybody's using FaceTime and all this stuff yes, and it's yes. so normal but 2008 it was something very new and unusual to have a Skype interview for a job mm -hmm. so and I had a couple of interviews and um, I sent out a lot of applications and then I moved to Australia without an apartment with without enough money um, and without a job just I don't know. It was actually quite crazy. Starting from scratch. When I yeah. yeah, when I think back about it. Um, yeah. But, and yeah, and then I just booked a flight and I left. So that was also kind of the, you know, late 20s in your life. No, kind of 29. starting in 29. Yeah. So when you now look back into that second chapter, mm -hmm. you know, that was all about in your 20s, more yeah. or less. And, you know, in every book, there's kind of a copyright section. Mm -hmm. Copyright, don't copy that. Would you, what would you advise the, the listeners in their 20s would you say don't do what I did in my 20s so anything don't copy that <laughs> don't make the same mistake in my 20s maybe in this chapter too well actually I think it's not a bad thing to to make mistakes because you learn a lot from your mistakes mm -hmm. and you can learn from others you know doing mistakes as well and it's important that you actually make mistakes because when you have a, a life and everything is working out perfect all the time there will there will come a time where something is not working out and then you're not prepared for it mm -hmm. so and i yeah few things happened which weren't amazing and i made a few mistakes and one mistake was definitely working too much too so that's much. yes like when i when my, my former employer in um, in munich hear this in 20 no, when I was 25, I was always the first one in the agency, always, like the very first person showing up and always the, the last leaving office. So I was just working all the time. It's interesting all because you mentioned on your website that you're not usually an early riser, right? Yeah. You're not an early bird. No. Not necessarily. No. Yeah, when I go to the mountains and I want to see the you know, sunset, that, that's then yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, but at this time, I, I wanted to prove myself to mm -hmm. the employer and I wanted to kickstart my career maybe. And um, I was really keen to learn and I just wanted to, you know, yeah, it was amazing to be on a, on a film set and, you know, Norman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and just see all this. And there was, it, was, it was good to learn. And when you are so young, it's, it's something different. And now I'm 41. I couldn't do this today anymore I just couldn't mm. <laughs> impossible to work this much you also have a different mindset as well I mean yeah. you, you have that experience of yeah, yeah. be aware that this is not necessarily healthy for you mm. as well well being self-employed is something different mm. I, I still work a lot but it's for myself 
mm-hmm. it's you know you don't work for an advertising Correct. agency yeah. or you have like a weird a weird boss who mm. doesn't um, appreciate what you're actually doing yes so when when i and i take a job i want to do this and when the job isn't good i i don't take the job yeah so that second chapter where mm. you said it's also yeah. all about work-life balance you were aware that you work too much as well um try and error maybe studying full-time trying yeah maybe how would it call how would it be called yeah maybe it's the title try and error try and error yeah, yeah. you need okay. to try things out to to learn and decide if it was an error or not or yeah just essentially yeah so third chapter I guess it's all about Australia then, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So walk me through in your late 20s, early 30s. Tell me, what, what w- would I read when I go to the next chapter, in third chapter three? What mm. would I read in there? I think that's a chapter which goes... It's a l- it's a, I think it's the longest chapter mm-hmm. <laughs> because it started when I, um, when I left Frankfurt and moved to Australia and it's still ongoing, sort of. I think... Yeah, the third chapter is is the chapter which is not ended yet. It has not ended yet. So continuous chapter. Yeah, yeah, sort of because Australia always has a big part, or still has a big part in my life, and it helped and prepared me for everything I'm doing right now as well. Because going to Australia, um, at 28, um, I did inherited a little bit of money but it wasn't enough to cover like a couple of years. It's just helped to cover a few months. And when I had my first job, I know I, <laughs> I had no visa and I wasn't allowed to work at this stage. And I can remember that I found a hundred dollar note or like hundred dollars in my desk every Friday. <laughs> so hundred hundred dollars is just, it's ridiculous because I had to, had to, it was I think the dollar was it was a lot it was worth a lot less than it is today so I think mm-hmm. I had to pay a 30 30 dollars for public transport and I had 70 dollars left like 10 dollars a day mm-hmm. <laughs> to buy food now Australia itself is already quite expensive yeah at this at stage time, right? at, at this oh. stage Melbourne wasn't that expensive okay. now Melbourne is really expensive like really expensive but um, 28, it was quite okay. You could survive. So I had to cover my rent and stuff with, uh, with the money I brought from Germany. And then I had like $10 a day to, to survive. Mm-hmm. And that was quite unusual <laughs> because when I worked in Frankfurt in, in hospitality, for example, and working at this club, I just made like 200 euros of tip on one evening. Okay. So <laughs> but um, still, I found like a beautiful um, shared place. I had the most amazing housemates, which are still really close friends of mine. 12 years later, still close friends. And I had the most amazing years. And at, as I said uh, a little bit earlier, I wanted to stay there for a year. At the end, I stayed three years. And I say, I would say it was like the best three years. It's not like nowadays, it's, 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 it's not as good as it was in Australia. It's just different. But these three years, I learned so much. Mm. I learned so much. I worked <laughs> as a store manager for an um, Australian fashion brand. So you switched on, on purpose, like the different type of jobs. Mm-hmm. Just to yeah, yeah, I just yeah. had to, because yeah, after a while I had to 
earn a little bit more money. Yes. So and um, then I started working for advertising agencies as well. And I had to learn that some people think, oh, well, she's a foreigner. She's from Germany. Maybe we can go away with it, not paying her. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to say the name of this uh, agency, but it was really, really bad because I worked for them like two months and they didn't yes. pay me at the end. Oh, <laughs> so okay. it was just like, so what can you do? Your You're German. Yeah. What can you do? You have no rights, whatever. So it was really, really okay. bad. And um, yeah, but then... But you didn't work like uh, as you did in years before. Mm -hmm. You still kind of kept your work-life balance, right? Yeah. Because so you were different. aware. Yeah, yeah. That was very... Okay. I started surfing. Okay. And I did uh, run a lot in the bush. It was like, like off off concrete. Mm -hmm. So that's when I... when I, um, I, I said once, um, trail running starts when the concrete ends. And when I, when I started running... In Australia, I, I, I didn't know the term trail running. Mm -hmm. So there was just nothing in my mind. I never heard about it. It was just like when you want to run in Australia, you can either work uh, run in the city, mm -hmm. like at the beach or, you know, you yes. know, you know like the Royal Albert Park. I live close to the Royal Albert Park where the um, Formula One race is. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And um, the other thing was just like, you know, going to the bush, which is not far away from the city and then you just yes. run somewhere where just no it's just tiny tiny trails and little path yes and there are mountains and like beautiful like um farm forests mm -hmm. and stuff yes, and yes, yes. that's when i um encountered trail running yeah. for me but there was no name for it it was yes. just running in nature it doesn't have to be like mountains yeah. or hills you know it can be a yeah. flat but in nature yeah, yeah. Yeah. uneven not in concrete yeah. it's yeah. interesting that you mentioned that because for me it's also like when i encounter trail running for me i never associated it with mountains mm -hmm. in the first place yeah everything off the street off mm -hmm. concrete literally yeah, yeah. could be because years ago when i was living in, in dubai it was for me running in a desert was for me trail running mm -hmm. to be honest and yeah. that's still today for me it doesn't yeah. has to be only for in the mountains yeah because yeah. you not have mountains everywhere yeah. you know it means yeah. like in, in specific parts of let's say in germany and other you can also do trail running of course even yeah. if it's flat yeah and that's actually actually the beauty of it you know yeah. going away from that concrete hard surface yeah. into actually uneven can be an uneven mm -hmm. path as well where you run, yeah. but you're in nature. But it, you, I think you won't find any official trail running race which doesn't has a lot of uh, um, meters in height or like elevation gain. Yeah. Like all the races, like all the trail running races, they all have an elevation gain. How, how do you see that? Do you see that this is kind of, I would not say gap in the market, but would you say that this kind of status quo and needs to be rethought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I actually think so. You know, you have these marathons in the city, like the big city marathons in Berlin, whatever, and then you have the trail runs, and the trail runs always are in the mountains because you have to have <laughs> like the mountains and the elevation gain. Yes. And then you have maybe like some races which are not in the city, and then you have like, it's like a cross-country run, yeah, you, you know, just run across like fields and during forests and stuff, but it's not a trail run. So, and people always said, yeah, but you have to, and I was like, no, you don't have <laughs> to run to a high peak and Agreed. you don't need to be in an alpine, um, alpine area or something. Trail running starts for me when the concrete ends and that can be in a forest, it can be in the mountains, of course, and as you said, can be in the desert or for me, it was uh, in the bush in Australia. Mm -hmm. 
And this is, I think, also the limited thought process for many who say, okay, you know, how can I actually go away from that street running? Mm -hmm. um, you don't need to have mountains necessarily. It yeah. can be just an uneven path as well. That's true. And that's nature. Mm -hmm. We can call it nature running. Yeah. Trail. A trail doesn't have to be a mountain running. Yeah. You know? A trail is a trail. Yeah. And there's another term. It's like sky running. Yes. And this describes it actually better because, yes. yeah, because the goal of, or, you know, for, you know, a, sk a sky running race is all about running uphill. Mm -hmm. I agree. Fair enough. You know, a, a sky yeah. race is running uphill. Yes. So it goes towards the sky. Yeah. Literally yeah. upwards. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. That's true. Um, and it's sort of trail running as well because you're running on, on trails. Mm -hmm. Yes. But trail a trail run doesn't need to be a sky run. A sky run is a trail run, but not the other way around. Mm. And um, it would be actually nice to have like really cool trail runs, which are not about all the elevation gain. Yes. All the time. Of course, it's beautiful running in the mountains. Yes. But I'm I'm not a huge fan of like official races as well. Like a few years ago, I did like some of the major marathons, like not the big majors like Boston, etc. <laughs> not this ones, but you know, running in Berlin and um, in Frankfurt, and I like I liked doing it. But after a while, it was just not important to you know having a new personal best or something and I found trail running is a lot more um, it gives me more after and that was another decision I had to make during during a trail race actually I was like okay if I want to enjoy nature I can't I don't want to do trail runs like races mm. anymore because a trail race is just it's just all about performance and stuff and of course everybody says okay yeah you can stop and you can enjoy the view and you know it's not like when you run in the city you just drink in like in five seconds and then you run again while trail running you can actually stop at um, one of these um, fueling stations and you can you know have a little chat and stuff because agree, that's, yes. that's that's something different mm -hmm. but it's still a race Yes, yes, yes. And I don't enjoy racing as much as I did like 10 years ago anymore. Mm, it's not about the time. Yeah. And not about yeah. Uh, the it's, position. It's yeah. When I, when I want to yeah. go and, and run like 40Ks, I can, I can do this on my own. Yeah. So did you realize that also when you were in Australia, uh, when you were running in the bushes, that because that was also the first time for you kind of associating running with nature, mm -hmm. trail running, yeah. that you kind of more be aware of where you were running rather than what you're running towards to yeah. the finish? Yeah, actually that, that, that came um, a few years earlier when I when I traveled to New Zealand with a friend and we spent three weeks in, in New Zealand in a, in a camper van. And um, we, this is actually when I learned, or when I started <laughs> getting up early, it's actually quite nice because mm -hmm. you are the first at like a nice spot before all the tourists come. So I'm not a really, I'm not a early bird, but when it comes to nature or going to the mountains, I am. And when I was in New Zealand, I realized that I really like to be at these nice landscapes and beautiful environments on my own or very early in the day where it's still quiet and stuff. 
And this is what I'm doing today as well. I'm going to the mountains when I know there are not many people around and I like to get up like really early, like two o'clock in the morning. That's <laughs> very early. In <laughs> fact, it's actually you never go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, because you have to go to bed at eight or seven yes. to get like a few hours of sleep. Like if you want to sleep for six hours, you need to go to bed. But at eight, eight, seven, eight, seven. It's very early <laughs> already. Eight, eight p.m. When you go to bed, when it's still light outside. Yeah. And let's say in the summer, then That's it's eight p.m. Yeah. <laughs> because the sun rises so early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, so going back to to that Australia thing, yes, I learned in Australia to enjoy nature a lot, a lot. Because I was, I can remember when my parents wanted to go for a stroll, you know, somewhere next to the river. I just, I just hated it. I just hated it walking around with my parents. It was just so boring going hiking and stuff. Yes. Hated. And in New Zealand, I actually lo started loving, loving it. Because I was hiking and we just, you know, in, in New Zealand, it's allowed to, you know, just park your camper when wherever you want to. There are certain areas where it's not allowed, of course, but usually you can just, you know, stay everywhere. And um, that was actually quite nice. And I started enjoying nature the first time. And when I moved to Australia a few years later, I, I said to myself, I wanted to spend a lot of time in nature as well. And mm -hmm. then I started running. So I took the train because I had no car in Australia. I took the train and just went to places out of the city and then ran ran back to the city. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like 30 k's along the beach or went to um, Sher Sherbrooke Forest. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Robin Hood, but actually the forest name is, is, is Sherbrooke Forest. It's close to, close to Melbourne where um, it's a beautiful fern forest with a lot of parrots and waterfalls and it's really close to the city, but on the other hand side, it's it's like a, a different <laughs> different country. Yes. <laughs> so yes. different. It's sort of like a different planet. Yes. And there are beautiful trails, like mm. the whole forest, and you don't have there. Well, I don't know how high it is actually, like maybe five hundred meters or yeah. something like that. So it's not like a real big mountain. Yes. And when you go for a longer run, maybe you have like two, three, five hundred meters of elevation gain at the end, but the forest itself is so beautiful, like all these weird flowers and ferns and parrots and kakadus and like... Not just the forest, it's also the animals. Yeah, yeah and so even snakes yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It's, um, it's so different. Yeah. And, um, you yeah. mentioned on your website, you know, there were a lot of places where you won't, we will never forget from Australia, such mm -hmm. as the, the Milford Track or the mm -hmm. Tangaria Furio National, National Park or Which one? Mountain Cook. Uh, Mount Cook. Mount, uh, Mount Cook or Tongariro. Tongariro <laughs> National Park, exactly. Yeah, that's in New that Zealand, actually. You never forget, yeah. actually, um, uh -huh. from that time as well. Yeah, like Tongariro was really special because there's, um, there's a hike. It's called the Tongariro Crossing. Mm -hmm. And um, we couldn't do it because of a blizzard. <laughs> Damn, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it was impossible to do that trail. And we only had like a certain time time slot where we could actually do this and then a, a massive blizzard came around and we sat there and was snowing and like storm and it was okay we can't do this so that was really really sad so the only thing we could do was okay we drive to one of the parking lots and just go for a little hike and then we did it and it was weird because on one hand side it was um 
felt like of course being in the in the film scene of lord of the rings because they actually filmed at this area as well but it wasn't a movie it was just like a, like this volcanic weird area and then you have these emerald lakes like turquoise lakes in the mountains and then it was all cloudy and foggy and you couldn't see anything it was mm -hmm. just like there was this lake and everything was brown rocks and stuff and then for maybe like 10 seconds the clouds went away <laughs> and then we had this amazing view to the mountains with their snowy peaks and it was just like we were just sitting there eyes wide open mouth open it was just like oh wow that was just like one of another eye opener mm -hmm. and um I still can't remember this because it it was just like a few seconds and then the clouds came back and the fog was back again and you couldn't see anything and we had to go back because then the weather turned again it started raining and stuff but this five to ten seconds were enough to connect me forever to the mountains yes that's it's really hard to explain because these few seconds were just like really important even even for my life today because I, I, I can exactly remember how everything looked like and it was just a radical beautiful it was, it was really weird but it was yeah yeah another eye-opener such <laughs> a unique place as well where you yeah. know it's just mm -hmm. stays for a couple of seconds a couple yeah. of minutes and yeah. then it's pr precious time yeah well New Zealand is a beautiful country yes there are many 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 beautiful spots yeah but it was just this combination of a beautiful spot and then these weird clouds and then the few for a few seconds and then all the magic was gone again yeah so it was just like a like a perfect moment nice yeah. so you said that chapter three gonna be the largest chapter i will mm -hmm. go continue to mm -hmm. even present maybe yes how, even so how would you call that even if it's like the three years in australia new zealand but mm -hmm. if we continue how would you call that it's a chapter we would maybe never ends also interesting a chapter we will never end i suppose mm -hmm. How would yeah. you call that chapter? Then sounds a bit cheesy, maybe, but finding love. Why would you say it sounds uh, cheesy? <laughs> <laughs> I know, like nowadays, advertising, advertising works with the love term all the time. I'm loving it on, you know, all these things, and um, you feel yeah. like you are not allowed to use this word love for like certain things because it's, you know. I think like cheesy, but yeah, yeah I found love for a lot of different things. Exactly. This. I just wanted yeah. to say, I mean, it's not about you when you find that it's over, mm -mm. you never love, mm -mm. but you continue loving different things. Yeah. Nature, animals, in the nature, different aspects as well, mm -hmm. and everything around in life as well. I think that's super important. Yeah. N nice. So when you say it's the last chapter, um, where is the next chapter starting then? At <laughs> the time where you came back from? Even if it continues at chapter three, but chapter four, wh what would be in chapter four, let's say, uh, the part of your life? <laughs> the recent years? The years when you went back to Frankfurt or? Well, I actually never went back to Frankfurt. When I moved back to Germany, I decided, another decision, I decided not to go back to Frankfurt because I felt like, I don't know, repeating a step. Okay. So I wanted to, you know, when I went to Australia, I had to start from scratch and yes. it was really scary at this time. But when I moved back to Germany, it wasn't scary anymore to start over again in a new city. 
because mm-hmm. I've, I've done it already. And one of my oldest friends um, lived in Munich or is still living here. So I knew her from primary school, which was awesome. And um, what was that question actually? <laughs> <laughs> now, where would that chapter four start? Oh, yeah, yeah. Would okay. it be the time when you came yeah. back? Or as yeah. you said, you know, starting completely from scratch in a new city then? Yeah. Um, I, p- I actually, I, p- I picked Munich as a new place to live because it's close to the mountains. So when I decided mm-hmm. that I moved back from Australia, um, I wrote again applications and stuff and I was interested in going to Innsbruck or Zurich or in Munich, all cities which are close to the mountains because I found this love to the mountains and the nature in Australia and New Zealand. So I wanted to keep this in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I had an amazing job interview in Zurich, but um, the agency in Munich was just a little bit faster. So I decided, okay, then I moved to Munich. Okay. Three months later, they said yes from Zurich. It was like, okay, that's three months too late, <laughs> but thanks anyway. So mm. I moved to Munich and um, at the beginning, I wasn't sure about the city. I, kn- I knew the city because mm-hmm. I visited my, my, um, my dear friend a lot of times. But after like three months, I found another home. <laughs> so it's maybe a title could be another second home. Another second home. Oh, another like second home. Yeah. <laughs> because home, home, or first home, home will always be be Limburg. Even though I don't go back to the city a lot, I still love it there, and because my parents live there. And Australia is second time, but Munich really, really quick become home as well, or like mm-hmm. home, a homey place, mm-hmm. or a place where I feel home. So it's yeah, maybe sec- um, another second home. Nice. <laughs> maybe <laughs> co- maybe correct. <laughs> so when you say uh, the chapter four is another second home, what mm-hmm. happened in that chapter then? The time when you actually decided to live now in Munich. What what took place in your life in these first? Yes, for example. Well, the first thing was another, like the try and error. <laughs> I repeated the try and error mm-hmm. because when I started working in this um, this agency, advertising agency, at the beginning it was a lot of fun and it was a lot of work. And after a while, it wasn't that much fun anymore, but it was more work and more work and more work. And so I you saw yourself going in the same yeah, trap like you uh, were same before. Trap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, wait, wait a second. I've, I've done that already. I know how bad it was and I don't want to do this again. And then a lot of things changed in the company and um, my, um, my creative or my uh, senior, uh, my creative director quit and um, the CEO went to a different company and then new people came in and a lot of my colleagues quit. And it wasn't the same company anymore and it wasn't as much fun anymore. And then I, I got fired, like a lot of other people. And um, at the beginning it was just like, oh, bugger. And then a few seconds later I was like, oh, actually, that's quite, that's quite good. Um, I, I can leave the, the company and I still get paid for a couple of months and because I've I worked there for a couple of years, um, I got this, um, how do you say that in English? I don't know, when you when you leave a company after a few years and they fire you and then they give you a certain amount of money, it's like a... Re- <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the 
yes. But I know what you mean. If you yeah. uh, transition kind of money. Yeah. Right? So yeah, the compensation. Sort of. yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, compensation. So the first thing I did was buying a flight, <laughs> going off course, back to Bali and Australia. Nice. So and I was traveling for um, three months. Actually, I wanted to travel for three months. At the end, I couldn't do it because I learned another lesson in my life. And this is something um, which was really sort of heartbreaking in um, in a in a in a, um, because I had an, uh, a heart inflammation. I say that like inflammation, yeah, yeah. In, in your body, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was running a marathon in Frankfurt, and two days later, my body shut down. My parents had to bring me to like to the hospital. And um, I heard um, had a uh, yeah my my heart muscle was inflamed, mm -hmm. and I spent like two weeks at my parents' place, and I couldn't even do like six steps from my child's bedroom down to the bathroom. So three steps down the stairs, and I was just like <sighs> breathing really hard because it was just. It was too hard walking more than mm -hmm. like three steps and stuff. So that's when I learned that my body is really precious to me. And the thing was just like I was training while I was sick and it was just stupid. And then I did this uh, this um, this marathon in Frankfurt because I was like, I trained so hard and um, I try to aim a new personal best and stuff. And after this, I realized it's not it's not about um, running a new personal best and I never ran another marathon in the city afterwards mm -hmm. and then I went to Bali and I didn't feel well at this stage and I wasn't allowed to to surf I was only allowed kind of restricted yeah from restricted the things that you it was the first time in my yeah. life I was yeah. restricted from health and I learned how important it is to be happy and healthy and hearty and stuff so okay it was just a combination of things. Like I got kicked out of my job, which gave me this kind of freedom to decide what what will I do in the future. Mm -hmm. And I learned how precious my body is and how quick it can happen that you get sick, like really sick. Mm. And um, then I spent another like two months in Australia till the end of the week, uh, till the end of the year. I actually came back on a twenty. 23rd of December just just before Christmas nice. to spend yeah. Christmas with my parents and uh, I learned these lessons that I will look after after my body and then I decided that I'm not looking for another full-term position mm. and when I got back to Germany um, an, an agency called and they were like hey can you do a freelance job for us I was like oh yeah why not so I started freelancing in January and then I was like well okay maybe that's that's a good good thing maybe i just try to get a few more jobs and start mm. or you know just staying freelance and not getting a per permanent position anymore yes and it was this was a decision made from i don't want to work so much that i can't enjoy life and don't have life work life balance anymore and i wanted to look after my body and my health mm -hmm. And um, that moment where you made yeah. a decision that you so going self-employed, mm. um, 
And just before the, the podcast, you also mentioned that was very important for you because you're not working for s the others, you're mm -hmm. working for yourself mm -hmm. as well. How important was that? Did you realize that you wanted to work towards yourself? Yeah. Okay. Because I wanted to start writing a blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I become, uh, became a member at uh, the Munich Mountain Girls. Mm -hmm. So when I moved, when I moved to, to Munich, I had like one, one friend here. Um, but I had um, nobody where I could go to the mountains mm -hmm. together with. And then um, when I got kicked out of my job, I, I, f I found the Munich Mountain Girls, which is a community a friend of mine founded uh, with the same reason. She was like, I wanted to go to the mountains, but there are no girls out there. Mm. And then she just wrote a mail, a mail and asked me for a little interview. And now, like four years later, the community is like quite big and we have like 6,000 women in the community mm. and just yesterday we had like a, a, a trail running meeting with girls and everybody was sort of telling the same story like oh yeah we moved to munich we miss we miss girls to go to the mountains with uh, i don't have anybody i can do a trail run with so and when i when i become became a freelancer I also became a member in this community and was running with editors runners. So a lot of new things came together, same period of time, mm -hmm. yes, which yes, was yes. actually quite good. And I decided, oh, it was, would be actually quite fun to just do as much agency work as I need to cover all the life costs mm -hmm. and then do what I love. So work in the outdoor uh, segment or maybe work in trail running mm -hmm. and work as a writer and have the freedom actually to yeah. focus on yeah. things that you so when somebody asks me what's your job it's really hard to tell because i do so many different things it's very difficult because then <laughs> you, you're trying to channel yourself yeah. you know and put it put yourself in the bucket uh, list this, this yes yes that. yes because it's so easy for people you know they want to know what you're doing so they can categorize you as yeah. well somehow not yeah, in a yeah. negative sense but also in positive but yeah. it's like very difficult when you're mm -hmm. going in different and it's, yeah. it's, it's nothing like uh, how the way I work is not made for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like my boyfriend, for example, like he has a permanent position and mm -hmm. there is sort of no risk, yes. sort of. Well, I got kicked out of a permanent position. It, it always can happen, but it's definitely not as risky as what I do, you know. But the good thing, and uh, I learned it through the, the, like the corona phase at the beginning of the year, you don't, if I don't, uh, if you don't relate to only one client or you just one job, you still have plenty of opportunities left. Mm -hmm. And that was actually quite a good thing because there was actually no outdoor business <laughs> during this time. It yeah. slowly comes back though. But um, people um, started a lot of cooking mm -hmm. because they had so much time. They spent time at home in home office. So they were cooking lunches, which they maybe usually no, didn't do while at work. Yes. So they just bought something or went to the cafeteria and stuff so a lot of people started cooking and I was like okay I can just um, maybe incorporate more recipes on my blog as well and um, now there are a lot of recipes on my blog yeah. as well and um, yeah earlier this year the is ESPS uh, it's the, uh, the largest trade fair actually for mm -hmm. sport business in Munich yep. just before corona started in mm. January yep. you said something very interesting you said and that was all re related to what you said you know when you came to Munich you were looking for other women to go to mountains you said that women should be able to find other women to go to the mountains together it's that easy it's, or it's not that easy at the moment mm. um, 
because he also found other like-minded people mm -hmm. who are actually keen to find other women to go together to adventures mm -hmm. and trail running. Did you realize at that time, and I think that I believe that was also the time where you started your blog as well, right? Or your, your website? It started last year in January. Last year. Actually, just after the fair last after year. After the fair. Mm -hmm. That it was not just building the community with other like-minded people or women to go together on trips, but also that kind of everything around that trail running, community, speaking, food, everything that comes together to having a healthy lifestyle. As you said, you wanted to focus more on that aspect after work. I mean, for you, as you said, it was very important to, you know, when you said the mountain and Munich mountain gods bring that kind of a community together mm -hmm. as well. Um, was that for you, as you said, that first chapter, was that for you also kind of a second home with that community? Well, on one hand side, I, I love being um, in a community. I always had like a big circle of friends and you don't have the term Bekannte in English. It's like friends who are not that close. Mm -hmm. And I always had a, like a big crowd of people around me. But I always love to be alone as well. And having a community with the Munich Mountain Girls and community for running with um, Adidas Runners, it was amazing because it helped me with so many things. And on the other hand side... Well, I appreciated a lot being in the community and I appreciated as well being alone in the mountains. So mm -hmm. one thing helps to appreciate the other. <laughs> okay. So, and um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely a community person. Uh, yeah. So um, when you said the chapter four, another second home, mm -hmm. um, would you say that first chapter last till today? Mm -hmm. So yeah. how is your day look like? Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said you do a lot of things and you yeah. can't be put in a bucket. How does your day look like? What do, what do you do currently uh, in all kinds of different ways? Oh, there's, no, well, there's no perfect schedule or something. Like, like every day is different. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you're different. part of Adidas as a trail yeah. runner, yeah. right? So you do Munich Mountain Goods. So tell us how, how, what do you do currently at the moment? At the moment? Yeah. So many things. How long do we have time left? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I said. You know, when somebody asked me what is your job, it's really mm. hard to explain in one sentence because I do a lot of a lot of things at like the same time. And um, when you ask me like uh, how a day looked like or like a week looked like, every day looks different, and every week is different, and every month this week is different. Like sometimes I I, I get a I get a booking from an advertising agency, and then I have like a sort of a normal nine nine to six job in an agency and just go to the office every day and then have the weekend off so this is something mm. which is not happening a lot and i try to do other stuff more than this but if i'm not working for an agency in an agency i just have the freedom to decide when i do jobs like if i have to write an article or if i do have a job which I um, finish from home I it doesn't matter if I, I of course I have sometimes a, a deadline and stuff like this but I I can decide if I do it on Mondays or Tuesday or Wednesdays and it doesn't matter on which day I do it like when the weather is nice I, I'd rather go to the mountains and mm. enjoy the day out there instead of being at home and then when the next day it's maybe raining I spend the whole day at home and then and then I work 
and for me i don't i don't have a weekend because for me every day is pretty much the same mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> i have to quote my boyfriend again because he said oh it's actually really sad not to have a weekend i was like no actually it's quite cool because i can have the weekend when others whenever work. i want and also when others work actually yeah for the weekend and i think it took him a little and actually corona helped that he w- understood how much more freedom this actually is that mm-hmm. i can have maybe my, my weekend can be seven days if i don't have a job and some people are like oh gosh i did i don't get a job i, I mm. didn't get a booking what am i doing and i was like great <laughs> <laughs> i have time to have more fun stuff so i go to the mountains or maybe i just spend a few days longer <coughs> at my boyfriend's place and um, play with the cats yes for example and um so yeah every day looks completely different yes which is great i like it nice so i wanted in the last few minutes i wanted to quickly walk with you or talk with you about each run hike your blog ah. which you started last year yeah and um one thing which i came to my mind immediately when i went on your mm-hmm. blog is each run hike i mean th- first thought is like where does it come from the name mm-hmm. each pray love does it come from that book or where, where does it come from the name <laughs> It's, it's, it doesn't come from the book. I know no, the book. Okay. Um, I read the book, actually. I didn't just uh, see the movie. I, I read the book as well. And um, no, it's an actually, um, it's like passions blend together. It's mm-hmm. like eating is a passion. And actually, like, that the first word is actually eat mm-hmm. is not, you know, random. It was, it was chosen. So eat is the first word, then run, and then hike. You can't run without eating beforehand, right? Yeah, for example. <laughs> so I love cooking, and I always loved to cook. My mom is a is a great chef, mm-hmm. so she always cooked from scratch. She never bought like weird stuff. She made everything herself, which I I loved. And when I was working in in hospitality and stuff, and there were no guests, I always spent time in the kitchen and talked to the chef, and I was eager to learn about cooking, and like last year I, n- i never i never ate a lot of, of of meat so my mom prepared a nice turkey for christmas for example and it was a nice feast and when i lived in australia we had a lot a lot of barbecues and there was more meat involved as um i was used to eat but i was i was i was never a big meat eater i was quite more like a vegetarian having some bits of pieces or like some good meal dishes mm-hmm. and but it's all changed and i learned a lot of um how animals were treated because i was actually writing for a vegan food blog or i'm still writing for it as a ghostwriter and i had to cook vegan dishes because i had to write about it <laughs> And then I started preparing vegan dishes. And while I was writing for the blog, um, I learned a lot about how animals were treated. And of course, you know all this stuff. You know it, but mm. you just don't. You don't. You know. You just. You just. You, you read it or you see something, and then you put it away. Yes. So yeah, that's just. It's just gone. You just to try to blend it out. It's yes. just yeah. And I realized that I can't. I just can't do this anymore. 
and then I said, okay, let's let's try this and, and go vegan. And then I prepared a few vegan dishes. I made a vegan cheesecake, for example, and a vegan um, bolognese and uh, noodles. And my boyfriend actually didn't believe me. He was like, this is not a vegan cheesecake. This is so good. That's actually the best cheesecake I ever had in my life. And I was like, yeah, it's made out of tofu. And he was like, you're kidding me. And I was like, no, I'm not. It's actually 100% <laughs> made out of tofu. And then he checked the bin. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's really, really? Like, <laughs> the wrap, like stuff. And then I was like, maybe, maybe just have a look at the the vegan lifestyle, and maybe just. And then, and then he started actually um, watching um, a few uh, movies, like features, um, about this whole whole thing. And then we decided uh, that we want to start trying vegan. And it was f the first thing was just like, oh, let's try it for like four weeks. And then we went to an Ayurveda cure in India, <laughs> and there was actually no meat involved anyway. Yes. So it was vegetarian. It was not 100% vegan because they use ghee, like uh, cleared butter, all the time. But afterwards, we decided, okay, it was uh, it, it was it was a great thing to try out. Why just not keep it? Yes. And so last year in October, we started being vegan, and we are still live vegan and. Cooking and eating became more and more important so because you have to make sure you get all the right vitamins and yes. minerals and everything you need as a vegan. Which is essential for everything else. Yeah. Like said, it's running, hiking, or yeah. in, in general. Uh, any, yeah, having, having yeah, surviving. Surviving, <laughs> yeah. Surviving. Yeah. Without B12, it's, um, it can damage mm -hmm. your body. Yes. Definitely. Or with enough, you know, if you don't enough iron another example yeah. so and then i decided for my blog it would be actually quite nice to tell people what i um what i learned or like how my um how my story is how how did i become vegan how was my first vegan christmas mm -hmm. do i cook vegan for my parents what happened with my mom if i told her well mm, sorry mom i loved your turkey for 40 years <laughs> <laughs> but this year i won't eat it and she was very sad at the beginning because for her it was like this big feast yeah. and she prepared it for hours and yeah, hours I don't want to disappoint <laughs> others yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. but i was like okay i just yeah but it's not about that not disappointing her her i would disappoint me mm. so i cooked a vegan dish on the 24th for my parents and when i'm at my parents place i still cook vegan for them and they always like it and my mom still and now she tries it she's 75 and at the beginning, she was, I'm I'm too old to change. And I was like, no, you're never too old. And now she tries a lot of new recipes, actually, and buys soy milk and oat milk mm. and give my dad some vegan foods. He actually yes. doesn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> because if he knew, he wouldn't eat it. But um, he really enjoys it. <laughs> and that's the most important thing. Yes. So food and um, vegan food and eating is like very important in my life. And that's why the name of the blog actually starts with the word eating. Yeah. Yeah. I realize on your blog and also on your Instagram, you're trying to um, give the audience or the readers actually an insight into your daily life as mm -hmm. well. As yeah. part of your running, as part of your cooking. Mm -hmm. I can read on your blog actually, you know, how you prepare the dishes, what is the story behind a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's also not just a blog. It's actually also kind of a could be a recipe blog mm -hmm. it could be also kind of a journey block of running you know what first mm -hmm. you experience yes. after a run etc yeah. um one thing which i realized on your blog um is a lot that you 
you call yourself Jules. Where does it come from? <laughs> Jules. Well, <laughs> two stories. The first, um, um, there's a book from um, the Swedish author Astrid Lindgren, and it was called Jule and the Pirates. So it was a child's book, and the girl was called Jule. So not Jules, Jule. And um, after after a while, I, I named myself Jule because I really liked the the heroine of the of the book. Like Jules, Jules, Jule was um, yeah was sort of my female hero because she was on this boat and had this huge dog, and she had like a lot of yeah adventures being on this boat. And um, the pirates were actually his, uh, her circle of friends. So after a while, um, some friends um, from home started um, saying Jule to me, and I'm not a huge fan of this word actually. I'm not. I don't. I don't like it that much. And then when I when I moved to Australia, um, in Australia you you have to have a short name or a nickname. There's n there's no way people are calling you with your real name. You mm -hmm. need to have like a short or a nickname. And I think Jules is not really a, like a short name because it's actually not shorter. It's like <laughs> five letters still. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's just like a different name. And yes. um, because there were like three German Julias when I moved when I moved to um, Australia, like I met a few German girls, of course, as well, and there were like three Julias. And it was like really weird because you said Julia, and like three girls was like, yeah. So one day somebody started calling me Jules and I was like, okay, we have to give you a different name because it's just, yeah, it's annoying that yes. no, nobody knows when I talk to Julia or the other Julia or the third Julia, so you are Jules. Um, now the other Julia is a Jules as well, so it's, <laughs> it's confusing again. Jules one or two. <laughs> yes, and um, actually, like, um, the best friend of uh, a friend in, in Melbourne, his name is Julian, and he, he got called Jules as well. So they were like, after a while, it was like, so many Jules. So the idea of having a different name um, was gone. <laughs> Started a movement, more or less. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I, I'm, when I moved back to Germany, um, Jules stayed. Yeah, not, not very common in Germany, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe internationally, but not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Like a colleague of mine, um, he started um, calling me Jules actually in this advertising agency yeah. because there was another Julia. And um, yeah, I, I like I like Jules. I, I like I like I like the word Jules, and it's um, sort mm -hmm. of international. But um, yeah, it's like my my outdoorsy outdoorsy persona. Outdoorsy <laughs> 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 persona. <laughs> Um, Jules, uh, when <laughs> <laughs> chapter four is about um, another second home, mm -hmm. and it, uh, still today, yeah. what is your next dive chapter? I don't know. Kind of a preview. What I could I read potentially in chapter five? Does there need to be uh, like a fifth chapter? Mm, I feel like the fourth doesn't chapter? doesn't has to be, but for your now in the future, huh. what... Are you aiming for? Doesn't have to be in form of a chapter. Maybe what are you aiming for? Well, in the future. That sounds so stupid. I, would, I just want to be healthy and happy. That doesn't sound stupid at all. <laughs> it's actually. It's uh, just like um, <coughs> I just um, I I I want to work in that in a field. I like and I'm actually doing this right now mm -hmm. and um, I have a lot of really cool projects coming up yes. and it would be great if just a few of them would work out so that's actually like work-wise 
um, that's quite cool and makes fun. And I, I don't know. Um, I think the next, <laughs> I don't know, it's really hard to say. Because I think mom at the moment, uh, a lot of things are, are going quite well. Um, yeah. I mean, what you said, healthy and happy, it's, it's, it's a challenge to maintain that as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's being there at the place, it's actually a challenge itself to prevent it of, mm. you know, yeah. uh, prevent it of like going into a negative side. Yeah. And that itself is already a challenge because mm. we can getting shifted very quickly with yeah. Corona and co and yeah. God knows what else. Yeah. Um, that if that's one of the priorities in the short term future, it's a challenge itself really to yeah. maintain that. Yeah. yeah. Just want to be able to, to do the, the mountain sports yes. and try a, a new, a few new things. I just got a mountain bike, and as I nice. said earlier, I'm I'm am scared of heights. I'm yes. I'm scared of you know driving or like you know, cycle biking fast downhill. Okay. Yes, you know if there are roots and yes. little rocks and stuff. So I need to get over this fear as well. Okay. <clears throat> so I I definitely want to do like a, like a girls bike camp or something like that, and try. And maybe that's 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 one of the the goals. Just trying out a few more things and maybe overcoming the fear of heights maybe going more you know climbing maybe because i really liked it when i did it a few weeks ago and maybe doing cooking in a more sort of professional sort of way because a lot of people um write me when i you know post an instagram story it's like hey i just cooked this dish actually i did like a zürcher geschnetzeltes like like um I have no idea if there's a word in English for it. It's like, I don't um, think so. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like usually you you, you take chicken chicken strips, you know, yeah. with a, like a creamy creamy sauce with wine and then um, mushrooms in it, and it's just mm. like a beautiful dish. And I loved it when my mom made it. And I cooked it vegan with like hand-picked uh, mushrooms from the forest. Yes. And a lot of people wrote me about this dish, and like, wow, we never thought that something like this could be that amazing and so mm. yummy and maybe that's something I want to do more in the future yeah like everybody is doing like a cooking blog or yes, you know, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know food influencer yeah, and stuff yeah. like this but I don't see myself as an as yeah. an influencer maybe I help if I help or if I can influence somebody to think more about the food they eat and become more aware of um where the food is actually coming from and if it's necessary to eat animals or products who involve like animal things like milk or eggs and stuff um this would be something really good and if i can help or influence people just mm. think about it then it would be like a really really good thing yeah. and i really want to do this more i mean you mentioned also like one of the potential goals for you is also trying out new you know things to overcome fear mm -hmm. you know and that kind of challenging yourself as well and mm -hmm. you said with the mountain biking down yeah. it's a challenge you challenge yourself and you're trying to overcome that fear it's actually a interesting awesome life philosophy to mm -hmm. you know see a challenge and then overcoming yeah and trying to put it into kind of the same framework what yeah, you're trying yeah. to build now with different projects yeah and bring other people together with mm -hmm. the community um Last part, I want to actually, because now I'm thinking, I'm still having my picture right now in that library, and I see <laughs> your book, and I see maybe in the cover, 
that mountains. Yeah. And when I now go through the chapters and now I'm closing the book and twisting it around and yeah. turning it around actually, what do I see as a title? Well, like book. like a written title or written like title, a yes. picture? Red tile. I mean, picture the cover would be rough, <laughs> roughly around something around mountains. Something what around you, yeah. What maybe you somebody who is cooking in the mountains. <laughs> cooking in the mountains, <laughs> like a campfire <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. No, no. <laughs> just kidding. Um, the title. What? What would it be? Yeah, you you asked it at the beginning already, and it's it's um it's not easy to find a, a title. Okay, wouldn't be that interesting if if it wouldn't be that easy. But um, it could be this title. Well, your podcast is called Chapters of My Life. <laughs> so, um, it's very hard, actually, to... Because, you know, that's one of the most difficult questions because it kind of forces you to summarize uh, the last yeah, years and life together. Point. If it's a word, if it's a sentence. And it's very hard to summarize. Mm -hmm. But it's... Um, yeah. But what would you say could be the closest? You know, it doesn't have to be final anyway. But mm -hmm. what could be the closest? What kind of summarizes these four chapters would you have from, you know, another second home over um, you know your trip in, in Australia as well um, from eye-opener mm -hmm. for example mm -hmm. try an arrow yeah what could be the summary of these chapters <laughs> even though you gave me it's now all these hints it's not it's actually it's really hard because there are so many different things coming together yes and then just one word um, or short sentence huh it's really hard I it's have to it's think about it's it very <laughs> but what we can do is um, I mean for that version of the book you can say it's a book without a title huh you should think about an advertising break right now because I <laughs> need a few seconds <laughs> 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 that could be a <laughs> potential idea. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I mean, in, in the past uh, interviews I had for many people, it, um, I found it that some came up very quickly, but some mm -hmm. found it very difficult to summarize it. Yeah. Because you're trying to be very precise and trying to yeah. include all kind of chapters in one word or in one sentence. Yeah, yeah. And again, trying to reflect if that's me or not. Yeah. And maybe... It's not necessarily about you. It could be maybe what you stand for, mm -hmm. what you other people to stand mm -hmm. believe in as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be about you. Maybe the learnings out of your four chapters. Yeah. You know what you stand for, um, and it's again, it's your book. It's about you, but maybe the book sends out a message, mm -hmm. not just includes the chapters in your life, yeah, but also yeah, yeah. what you what message you want to send out, what other people should believe in, if it's young people, if it's mm -hmm. people of any age, whatever they do in profession, what do you, what kind of life lesson do you want to give them on their journey? Could be also a book title. Well, you, you asked me where you could find the book yes. when you are in a bookstore. Yes. And I said in the travel section Correct, yes. because traveling or you know going on a on a trip or on a journey is not it's not just only to travel from one place on earth to another place on earth it's like an a journey you have 
inside as well so you have to learn and um, trouble oh, it's really hard <laughs> <laughs> to explain this actually um, could be also a, a collection of words just you know mm -hmm. word cloud okay maybe something like in inside outdoor okay. yeah something i mean it can be a placeholder as of now inside yeah. but for now inside Inside outdoors, outdoors. What we can do is um, also before I, you know, before this podcast can be mm -hmm. released, you know, give you also time to think <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> that I include it in the show notes and also include it in the intro. Oh yeah. Um, if That's you maybe feel, a good idea. yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, but again, it's you know, it's it's this type of question where we never think of, you know, because mm -hmm. when we think yeah. of our life, we never think that we can maybe give away a life lesson to other people or we, we don't want to summarize as well mm. but again if you want to like create a product of a book it should be an eye catcher you know yeah. people should like oh this is i want to read more about this four chapters in yeah, yeah but what could be a teaser of a title you know where yeah, yeah. i will pick this book yeah 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 that's, the that's, what, I, that's what i'm thinking about exactly right now because i'm in advertising so i yes. actually <laughs> should come up with like a cool claim and a perfect headline <laughs> to um, make somebody buy this book about me. Yes. And um, I can't advertise myself right now. <laughs> but you, you, you pointed something very interesting. You know, we, we are very good in always, you know, suggesting ideas to others mm -hmm. but when it comes to us. I can't tell myself right now. It's the same for me <laughs> as well. It's very difficult because we always, you know, trying yeah. to help others, as similar to you said. Yeah. I'm very similar. But when I try to put a title on myself or a sentence or a summary of a chapter, mm. it's damn hard because really it's... Hard maybe really the hard part in life to really think deeply mm -hmm. reflect actually yeah, yeah. what life lesson we have yeah. um, I mean as of now I can just keep it inside outdoors and then maybe by the time I release it I put it in the, the intro of the new title there's no pressure I, I actually don't it. like inside outdoors anymore <laughs> <laughs> it just it just came up <laughs> because um, I love to be outdoors but you you know there's a weird like not a weird there's a saying you can't love anybody else as long as you don't love yourself mm. and I feel like I, l I love to be outdoors and enjoy everything in the in the mountains etc but you have to be centered as well you have to you know be aware of everything which is inside so maybe it's not a bad title at all <laughs> I'm in mm. touch base with you just before I'm going to release yeah. this podcast <laughs> next two weeks. <laughs> there are too many maybes right now. <laughs> Jules, thank yeah. you so much for your time. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for like inviting me also in your apartment yeah, uh, thanks, thanks in Schwabing. Thank you. I'm um, very happy to actually about, you know, learning about more about your four chapters. And yeah. then I will put also the information in the show notes. Just quick last question. Where can people find more about you? Or your projects, uh, Munich Mountain Girls, Eat uh, One yeah. Hike. Well, exactly. my blog, blog of course, it's uh, eatonehike.de. It's um, right now only in German, but um, you know, like with the Google Translate, you easily can translate a whole website into English. Um, so everybody who doesn't understand German can read this in English as well. And um, yeah, I think there will be a lot of projects coming up, and I will write about it on my blog. 
uh, yeah. Okay. I will put the links in the show notes as well. Thanks. Everyone so much. will see that afterwards. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. How how do you feel now? Um, you relieved. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit scared at the beginning. I was like, okay, um, how will this will be? How, yeah. All these um, all these questions. Am I able to answer it properly, or you know, uh, finding the correct answer? But there's actually no kind of a correct answer. It's just wanted to say, you know, yeah. there is no right and wrong. Yeah, in the end of the day, and, wrong, yeah. and this is the pure day as well. Yeah, thank you so sure. much. Thank you so much. <laughs> and yeah, stay healthy. And then um, looking forward to actually hearing back from you also a potential title. Yeah. You book. I'm really thank curious you so much. for the release. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks. What a talk, right? So after the conversation, to be honest, I felt like the urge to go out and schedule a new trail run adventure immediately. So fantastic interview and life lessons she shared. If you want to learn more or hear more, read more about Jewels, visit her blog on eatrunhike.de. A quick preview teaser for the next episode. We will have Nasa al Sukayar on the mic. He was part of episode 6, if you remember, and we decided to create a follow-up life book, meaning we explore what has changed since his last life book, which he called Life Without a Script. Till then, stay healthy and keep positive. See you next time. Never give up. Always look up.